Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So it was an incredibly difficult time in my life. I didn't realise it was a homophobic slur for a start. <sighs> That's a fucking hard question. Red men TV aren't selling the souls. Back yourself, no one else is going to. Hello everyone, welcome back to the James Lawrence Allcott channel, episode two of The Process. And I kind of have a list in my mind, but it'd be good to know what you guys think in terms of people that you would maybe like me to, to speak to on this series. But Chris, you were always someone that I wanted to, to chat to, you or Paul, but I, I thought it might be quite interesting to t- chat to you, just because I think with Paul, and we'll talk about your kind of, I guess, double act and the Red Men TV. It is a double act though, isn't it? Okay. Would you consider it a double act? Yes, I suppose so. It kind I of is, isn't so. it? Yeah, yeah, it does feel a little bit like that. But knowing you as well as I do, I know that this wasn't... Uh, unlike Paul, Paul loved making videos. He is a natural front man. It's what he kind of... I think it's what he's always kind of wanted to do, to have that kind of opportunity to, to be in front of the camera and to talk to people and do those things. But for you, it's been slightly different. It wasn't something that you expected to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think it's honest conversation is, is almost where you've you're always comfortable in that space. And I think we're always comfortable yeah. in that space when we have a chat. So the way I wanted to do this, I, I, I think I wanted to talk about, in particular, decisions. Now, to, to kind of give the context of this, I want to say that we are currently in the Red Men studio. This is your place of work where you talk about Liverpool every day, <laughs> right? This is on the back of a week where Paul is not, he's just got back after being in uh, America for eight days a week where he's now essentially become best mates with Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I'm, the I'm, manager I'm a little of Liverpool, bit unhappy about that. you're upset about. So yeah, we'll go past that. Um, no, I can't get past that. <laughs> Wait, I'll, I'll get so, out. So we put a photo <laughs> up on his Facebook of him and Klopp and his mum comments besties. Fuming. Absolutely. I have to comment. I have to comment on it. I was just like, cough, cough. <laughs> yeah, fuming. Um... <laughs> She didn't even reply. I'm, I'm sure. I've been there through thick and thin. What's clocked on yeah. for them? <laughs> no. even won him a trophy yet. Yeah, exactly. I've been anything. here all the time. Um, and you're on how many subscribers at the moment? 280 maybe, something like that. 280 and... We've got a few thousand on, on our website, like, um, so it's pretty, it's pretty mental, like. So yeah, so life's good, life's solid at the moment, and a happy family as well. Absolutely. And I think that's the most important. Thing, Absolutely. So to give all that context, now I want to go right back to the start. So people who don't know about the Redmond TV, the Redmond TV, is, that is the first fan channel. And having worked at Ball Street for a couple of years, obviously Chris and, um, and Paul are part of Ball Street as well. And so I've got to, to know you and your story. And what I find really interesting is the decisions. And what I want with this whole series is to talk to people honestly about the fact that we don't know what's going to happen in life. We have no fucking clue, but we just, at different times, you've got to, make, to try and make the best decision with the information you've got. But I also think you've got to, you've got to have principles and beliefs and you've got to stick with them as well. So 
starting off a fan channel, starting off making videos, and it was in your, you know, it was in your living room, wasn't it, or Paul's, Paul's living, living room? Paul's living room, yeah. What was the decision behind that? Why did you, why did you even start this? It wasn't anything to do with me. First and foremost, it was to do with Paul and another friend of ours who used to do Redmen TV with us, Aubrey. Um, and they were having a conversation. Now, Aubrey's a, a bit of a director. and In fact, he, he moved down to London to be a director. Uh, and he's doing incredibly well. And he's, he's a proper visionary. Like, he, you mm. know, when you can tell when he's put a, his print on something. Like, And Paul was exactly the same. Paul actually didn't want to be in front of camera either. Paul wanted to start to be a director. And... It kind of turned out that he fell in love with sort of presenting and all that because yeah. he never he never had enough mates to get to do the stuff that he wanted. So he'd end up starring in the stuff himself. Um, and then I think he kind of just sort of fell in love with that. But they were having a conversation in the pub, as you do, in Liverpool about, you know, YouTube and what some, you know, something that could be made for Liverpool fans. And the, Paul's original idea was always to use me because we've been best mates for years and years. He thought people might like me. Um, and so we just started making videos. Your decision to be a part of this thing with Paul, did it not feel like a big decision at the time? It was just like, well, I know Liverpool, I can talk about it, let's go. Yeah, I think that's, that's all it was, yeah. really. You know, as I say, we were having these conversations in the pub anyway. Now, if you go back and watch the first Redmen videos, they're atrocious, absolutely terrible, because we're really, really shit at what we did. Mm. Um, I think we've improved, and we're you know, there's still room for us to improve even more, but... It was sort of scripted, so Paul had scripted every show. I've got a terrible memory, so I could never remember the lines. And they were like one-liners. Right. And it was fucking atrocious. South African captain, Adam Mokawena, wishes he'd gone for the wee before he left. Four o'clock on the 11th of June 2010. I'm going to try to stay as calm as possible. Fears grow that Jonathan Pierce has been replaced by a robot. So for all their astute and precise passing, Spain still can't. I'm Barry Lockins. And I'm Habib Islam. And that was the World Cup 2010 update. Like, embarrassingly bad. And for some reason, some people seem to like it. And we've made some proper bad decisions along the way you know we'd been on YouTube for about a year I think we had just under 5,000 subscribers and we decided that we were going to make a fist of this and make it a full-time thing so we built the website I took a personal loan out we got the website so I sorry I didn't know that you did that with just 5,000 subscribers yeah why because we we had this dream where we thought well 5,000 people will pay two pounds a month James why wouldn't they? Forgetting that people yeah, go to YouTube. To get this. <laughs> yeah, forgetting that people go to YouTube for free content mm. and not to subscribe <laughs> to stuff. Oh, yeah. And well, this is a YouTube that's vastly different to now as well. Yeah. This is a YouTube where nobody's talking about football, really. Nobody's talking about sports in quite the same way. It was just cat videos when we started. Smith said the exact same thing. He said the exact same thing. It was just a kind of a place to not think. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people would zone out and... That, that, that's the great thing about YouTube. It's different for every person. You know, my YouTube will be completely different to what you use YouTube for. Like, my, I'm a 35-year-old fella, so my YouTube is still how-to videos. Like, how-to, and, and, and I'll Google on YouTube how to use a Windows PC or something ridiculous like that because I've been on a Mac for a few years. Right. And yet, you speak to the younger generation and everything is done on YouTube. You know, I like to get into whatever I'm watching. Your know, films are still where I'm at. Tom Fast Forwards films. 
Like I, I don't know how, how anybody could fast forward a film, but that's what younger people seem to do. Certainly Tom does anyway, I won't speak for all of them. And just picking up on what you said there in terms of you like to dive into things, that's essentially what Redmen does as well, is that because I've always thought, how do they how are they able to keep finding little alleyways to talk about and discuss? But you always seem to do it quite easily. And also when we talk about stats and things like that, like you, you you really love diving into that as well. Yeah, I've always been a numbers guy. Like I enjoyed maths at school. There's a lot of people out there who love the story of football and the narratives and stuff. But I like to combine the two and see if you can yeah, gain any interest, uh, gain any understanding from combining the two together. Now, I'm not all about stats. I don't think that's the be all and end all because there is a human side to football, and that's yeah. what makes it so interesting. You know, we've got a manager in Jurgen Klopp who is very much a humanist who who cares about how the players in his squad feel, who builds up that team harmony. But equally, he's such an analytical guy, and there's people at the football club who will be looking at stats, whether they look at the same stats as us. Mm. That's the question, and that's what I'd love to ask them. I think you're. I think you and Paul as well, in terms of your top line principles of what you want your fan channel to to be and what you want. Liverpool fans to be. I think that's also very humanist. You've been very passionate about the fact that like, if you're not, if you're going to the game, play your part. That's yeah. always been a big part. So as much, it really is the two. You're not just a numbers guy. This is when I was growing up. My family weren't rich. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. My dad lost his business. We weren't, a he wasn't able to take us to the games as much as he'd want. So for me to get to a position in my life where I can get to the games, where I, it's not only can I afford it, but you know I'm doing it as part of my job as well, and I've combined the passion with what I actually do to to put food on the table. I appreciate just how important it is to just get in the ground yeah. and be able to support that team. Now, maybe if maybe if I was taken every week and I wanted to be doing swimming or I wanted to be riding my bike, I'd have a completely different feeling towards it. You know, I feel there's a lot of entitlement from football fans. I agree. Um, I feel like when you watch, you know, some people talk about football, it's like, well, I've spent this. I'm sorry, you don't spend your money to watch a team win. You spend your money for the opportunity to support them and hope that they win. And I take that and sing throughout. Like, you know, Kiev, we've just been to a heartbreaking loss in the Champions League final, but me and Paul and the lad next to me just didn't stop singing because we're not there to whinge and moan and discuss it during the game we're there to support the team and after mm. afterwards they checked it all you want but when you're at the game you're there for one reason one reason only and, and by doing that you're part of it absolutely because if you're not then you're not I <laughs> know that sounds obvious and that's I, I agree I think the entitlement is I think it's I think you're missing out on on ramping up the enjoyment by by being entitled by going what are you doing for me because it's just you're not part of it then are you no you're not and I think that's that's something that I certainly get with Liverpool and Liverpool's fans is we are part of a big family. And I'm sure every football supporter will feel exactly the same with their club, but I can only speak for Liverpool yeah. fans, you know. And you can look around in the stadium or the cities where you get to play and you, some of the cities that we've been to is just balmy even in the last year. You know, we've been to Porto, we've been to Rome, we've been to Kiev. Like, without following football, I probably wouldn't have gone to Porto. I probably wouldn't have gone to Kiev. I wouldn't have been able to experience their cultures, meet people over there, Mm. and see Liverpool fans from all different types of backgrounds in these places. It's not just lads from Liverpool, or, or it's not even just lads. You know, it's people from all over the world who 
all have one thing in common and that is this love for this football club and, and love for football and love for supporting your team and you know we were lucky enough to be on stage in Kiev before the final there was probably five to ten thousand people there singing along with with us and that's just so weird it, like I'm a naturally and people probably don't believe this I naturally don't like that I hate it in fact you know I hate being spotted in the street and it, it, it's bizarre because the people who come up to me know me and it's not like they've seen me on Red Men TV. They actually know me because yeah, yeah. when I talk to the camera, I say stuff that I probably wouldn't say in a normal conversation to them. But I think that that's something I kind of want. That's a, that's a really interesting point because I I think also people are complex. You can be... some like My wife just realised in the last year, we've been together seven years, realizing the last year that I'm actually I get quite shy in a lot of situations and that doesn't make any sense to her because I like you know I have these ambitions of being a presenter I want to do all those things I'm like and when the camera's on I feel I feel fine I feel com comfortable but in other situations I feel really awkward but I, I that's a big thing for for blokes I think sometimes you've got to be you're supposed to be this alpha male or you're supposed to be one or the other it, I, everyone's very Complex, and I think for you, I mean, we've chatted about it before as well. Is stepping into this, sometimes you have to just go for it. Mm. And I think you said before that that is it. I don't know if it's a, an anxiety or a, a shyness or whatever to be in front of camera because it wasn't something that was in your mind. Once you have then had to step into it, for you, it's a, it's not a okay. Let me just sort of dip in, dip my toe into it. You just go for it. Yeah, I think, I think. I don't like talking about myself in this regard, but I do feel like that is the type of person that I am. If I go for something, I go as hard as I possibly yeah. can. It's go big or go home, essentially. And Do you feel comfortable doing that? And why do you feel comfortable doing that? Because regardless of whether people like it or not, I think people respect people who put their all into stuff. And I think it's not, it's, I'm not doing it for the respect of anybody else. I'm doing it because that's my upbringing. Yeah. You know, if, it's, if again, it comes down to me mum and dad, like if, if I went for something, they'd tell me to give my all. And you know, that, that's an upbringing, upbringing thing. So whether it's standing on stage in front of a load of people, whether you're scared or not, go for it. Mm. Whether you're outside Anfield talking to a camera with people behind it, go for it. Yeah. Whether you're playing five aside, just go for it. G give it your all, and people will understand that you've tried your best. And you and there's no there's no fears that you haven't. There's no regret if you try your best in everything that you do. Is there? Mm. You know, it's all right to come up short in things. Listen, I'm a 35 year old fat dad, <laughs> but when I go onto the football field against 17, 18, 19 year olds, yeah, yeah, I'll give me all That's because it. I'm Insert only letting clip here. Um, and for Charlie to now run onto, but Chris from the Redmen TV does come anchor it across. Thrown back in, thrown into the box of Theo's head, but once again, Chris is there. 5,000 subscribers. Yeah. Just had to go full time. That is going for it. So, go, again, go, go back to the start. Then, thankfully. Oh, you didn't go full time? Okay. No, no, no. But, no, but no, the no. aim was obviously was, was that. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, people were enjoying our videos. We were still absolutely atrocious at what we were doing. <laughs> we thought, you know, 5,000 people will subscribe for £2 a month. And the starry eyed youngsters that we were thought, that's £10,000 a month. That. We, can, we can stop working in the restaurants. It'll be dead easy. Yeah. So we went for it. So I took out personal loan. Uh, we bought a PC. We got a website built. It was a tough, tough ask of the missus. Yeah. You know, we weren't married at the time, but we I think we just bought our first house. Right. 
And so to have that conversation with her, I think she thought we were a bit mental, but fair play to her, she didn't stand in the way. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't really a difficult conversation. When did, when was there a moment where you thought, oh, we fucked up here? Or when was, and then when was there a moment where you're like, we're all right here? <laughs> okay, so the website launched, I think it was September 2011. It was probably October 2011 when I thought we'd fucked it up big right. time. Like, um, we had about 200 people subscribe and we had all the costs still associated. Um, so we were, I don't even think we probably had 200 people subscribed, you, you know, and it was taking a lot of time because Paul went part-time in work. He used to work for me in the restaurants. Yeah. And um, what we'd done was the idea was to then put Paul on part-time and use the money that we were getting from the website to, to fund his life. Yes. So that he can go part-time. But then back then we didn't have like vision mixes or anything like that. So edits of hour-long shows are recorded on tape, by the way, not SD cards, yeah. would take days. Wow. Like, you know, he'd be doing the subscriber shows for pretty much 36 hours straight to get a show out. Like, I mean, you know. And he'd get how many views? Not enough. Um, <laughs> the 200 people would signed up. Maybe 100 might have watched it. <laughs> and so, so was there a moment ago, or, or were you set in your ways that you were like, no, we're going for this and we're going to stick with it? Yeah, I think we were. How long would you have, do you think you would have stuck with it if it just tanked? I don't know because. Did you, were you, deep down, did you ever always think that would be all right? No, probably not. <laughs> no. I think. See, I think that's interesting as well. That's fucking brave. Yeah, but we were enjoying what we did, what we were doing, and I suppose if you weren't enjoying what you were doing, like we didn't start it to make money out of it. That that become a byproduct. Now there was a point in 2011, earlier on in the year, when we decided to you know go all in on it, that we'd realised there's a potential for something better here in our lives. There's a potential for not working in restaurants for the rest of our lives. There's a potential for actually having some kind of quality of life here. And that's what we'd bought into mm. more than we wanted to make money out of what Job we were doing. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, when I went full-time in 2014, Paul went full-time in 2013, I took a £20,000 pay cut. Wow. So that will tell you that it's not all Fucking about money. Hell. 20 you know, grand? Pay cut, yeah. I was earning decent money. Yeah. Um, but, but it wasn't still. about that, but I wasn't enjoying my job. Yeah. I'd get up in the morning and I'd drive. I'd fucking hate the idea of getting into work. Did it get worse, the idea of going into work, because you'd started to see what no, this no, could be? Not really, no. Like, the, the restaurant that I was the area manager of, I, I enjoyed working there for a long time, but I always wanted more. Like, mm. it got to a position where I felt that I was quite good at my job. The manager, the, the owner thought I was good at my job and changed my working hours. So I was really lucky to have a, a an owner of a restaurant or three restaurants that believed in me so much that he changed what he'd done for 30 years. So general managers and area managers would work the busy shifts, the Saturday night, the Friday night, the Sunday mornings and all the evenings. And he went, I went nine to five for him because I'd said to him at the time was, and he bought into this, I can make us more money by being able to focus on the business rather than focus on running shifts. Is there a point there that you've just got to start something? I think sometimes so, you've sometimes, got to just yeah. step forward. Yeah, I think so. And as I say, you know, 
it's not about them. It was never about the money. It was about making sure that we could enjoy our lives. And you know, you call, I come in here every single morning and I'm bouncing through the door. You know, I, I'm not Just, thinking to myself, oh, what the fuck am I going to walk into today? It's what are we going to do today? Oh, we're going to talk about Liverpool. Well, brilliant, because that's what we'd be doing anyway. Yeah. How many years have you been in Three and a half. Three and a half. What was that like when you're going, you've got our own... I'll cut in some shots of, of the, the studio, and it's just such an amazing man cave. It's so... <laughs> but, like, it is, isn't it? It's like... Because I've, I've always thought that in my working life, that, like, I've never done a marketing job or a... You know, I mean, I worked for the council for like, I attempted the council when I was younger, but like, not those proper office jobs. And I do even, even not knowing what that is like long term, I do always still walk into work and think, Jesus Christ, I'm still living it a little bit. Like, it's, it's, it's so cool, isn't it? <laughs> it's boss. It's like, you hear those stories of like Google's office and all these major companies that have amazing offices and stuff like that. And you walk into ours and yes, we don't have a big fucking slide. But we've got every console known to man and every computer <laughs> actually game do. Really, really that do. has ever existed about football, pretty much. Um, we've got a pool table, we've got a table tennis table. We don't play on any of this stuff, but it's cool just <laughs> to have it near us. Yeah, it looks cool when people come round. Yeah. Um, so, full-time, doing the Redman TV, there, there's been amazing moments, there's been heartbreaking moments, and there's been some mistakes along the way. And the sort of big one for you is the first time you kind of... I hate using the phrase, but it went viral, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was um, Liverpool looked like they were possibly going to win the league, and there was a game against Chelsea, and uh, there was an incident where you afterwards were, and we were talking about you know saying you, you like you like your numbers, but really you're all heart. You showed that in a in a fan cam. Can you kind of ex- explain that the, yeah, so what happened and and what went through your mind after it all happened? So I think the first thing that probably I need to need to say is the videos from outside the game are so much different to what when you've had 24 hours to think about stuff and, and that's why I don't really enjoy the fan cam side of stuff and, and it's probably down to this experience of the Chelsea game and the Rent Boys stuff and all that is because emotions run ridiculously high at a football match. I think anybody who goes to the football will understand that sometimes they're not quite the same person. Yeah. I, so, I got stung with it like a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? Yeah, 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 of course you did. It's, it's, yeah, it's so true. But that's not you after 24 hours. That's you after 90 minutes of pure hell and stress. Mm. Because that's what we put ourselves through. We put ourselves through the ringer because it's like yeah. our entire life. That's just, the one thing yeah. about football. You forget, sorry, you forget everything else in your life. For ninety minutes, and it's desire and it's yearning and yeah. it's excruciating, but it's it could be so great, and then it's not so great, and it's just, it's so many emotions, isn't it? And it's it sometimes it's difficult to verbalise properly what you want to say, but I think to be fair, listen, I used the wrong words, but I did verbalise how I was feeling. I was telling the truth at the time. Now, Steven Gerrard slipped, Liverpool almost lose, well, Liverpool lose the league title. You know, there's, there's, there's a 90-minute stress, but there's also stress of 27 years or yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. it was back then. So, you know, compiled stress as well. Uh, and, you know, all the fucking shite banter that people give you. And as much as I don't take any of it. Do you think as well that it was, to a point, it was, that's when fan channels were starting to really kick off and with that came this we we're talking about entitlement earlier 
there is this new wave of, and I can feel it now, now the World Cup's gone and we're going back into like the Premier League season, this this sort of Twitter banter it's culture. It's shite, yeah. It's shite. And so, it's if a you're of early... faceless people giving shit to fucking fans who give a shit. But if you're in the early days of that, yeah. you don't, you're not three years down the line. Do you know what I mean? Now you go, I know it's coming. I'm, I'm, you know, you're not going to react to it. It's yeah. like banter with your mates. Once you know the joke's coming, then you can kind Red of be Man ready TV. to stop. But then it was, it was still quite fresh, wasn't it? Yeah, it absolutely was. And listen, Arsenal Fan TV had probably been around a year, maybe two at this point. But they weren't the Arsenal Fan TV that everybody knows now. It was probably still more focused around Claude and Ty even more than yeah. like your troops and your DT. So, yeah, yeah. you know, everything has evolved since then and the industry sprung up. Remember, this wasn't an industry four years ago. Mm. Now, I said some words and I, again, it was, you know, it was the Chelsea Rent Boy rant. And that the thing about it is, the worst part of it is that it was taken as a seven second clip and put on Vine. They're all boys, mate. Every one of them and Chelsea a and if you watch the entire video, and I'll give you the footage if you want to put it on there, you will see that I'm not talking about Chelsea fans. And that's the, that's the difference, and that's what people have taken of me, is that I think all Chelsea fans are rent boys, and that's not the case. If you watch more than seven seconds, I'd bookend it. I think my words, the, the word that ends that vine is Mourinho. And I say from Mourinho down to Torres, talking about the manager and, and the all players. the players who play on that pitch. It's the word, it's deflated, I think. It is deflated. They're all boys, mate. Every one of them f***ing Chelsea f***. Mourinho down to f***ing Torres. Absolute It's just ball. just came to park the bus. Unfortunately, he's a f***ing great manager. And Denver Bar was f***ing superb. He had a f***ing great game. Skirtland Sacco didn't get near him. And what I was trying to get across is they're all there for the money. Yeah. They're all there and they'll be gone and they'll go somewhere else for the money. And that, to me, was Chelsea Football Club at that time. You know, you see players going there and you think, why have they gone there? Well, it's literally just Abramovich's money. And that's what I was trying to get across. Now, the words that I used, I didn't realise were difficult for people to hear. I didn't realise it was a homophobic slur for a start. Everybody makes mistakes. Mm. You know, within 24 hours, the video was pulled down. We'd had that pulled down because someone at Liverpool Football Club had reached out to us because kick it out campaign, you know, famously do who do the racism. We look at, look yeah, at yeah. kicking out racism in football. They do more than just racism. Now they'd been onto Liverpool Football Club and someone inside Liverpool reached out to us and was like, they wanna they want a word. So I typed this fucking long email to kick it out, apologising, explaining that we took the video down, saying that I didn't know it was a homophobic slayer. And people will believe me or they won't believe me. I didn't think it I was think a homophobic slayer. But you know since I have. We had um, LGBT supporters groups of Liverpool sp getting in touch with us, guys that I'd interviewed in the past. And again, well, know, just and answer. they were angry? Or? Yeah, they were really angry because they didn't feel like it was just a, a, something aimed at Chelsea. They felt it was a, it's a homophobic slur. Right. And they felt bad about, about what I'd said and that I shouldn't be talking like that. And I fully agree with everything that they'd said on that. So it was an incredibly difficult time in my life because it went viral. We took the video down. We didn't want the views from it. No. You know, and I think if you speak to Paul, it was probably his biggest mistake as well. It's certainly mine. Because ultimately Paul edited that video and he thought to himself, should I take that start out? And he never. And so there's 
I think he feels really guilty for it because, you know, I got death threats on fucking social media. Every time wow. Chelsea comes to town, it's still rolled out. Listen, people can make the videos out of it and you've seen the vines of me dancing and all the, all the different things. But it's not something that I'm proud of. I've never yeah. been proud of it. And still, a section even of Liverpool fans think it's the greatest thing that they've ever seen. And for me, it's just my biggest mistake that's been amplified to the point of doesn't even need me in it anymore, which is mad. And it's become so much bigger, and it has become a, be a brush to be Chelsea fans with, mm. and that's not something that I'm proud of. And, and what, for a lot of people who kind of, they want to be a YouTuber or they want to be famous, there's one part of being famous now, for a lot of people, if they're, if they're not careful, and it's a quicker way to be famous, is to get something that goes viral. But sometimes these things cannot go you know, oh no, that wasn't your intention, of course, in any way or shape or form. What does it feel like being in that, in something that is just, you can't grab back, you can't pull it's back? It's horrible. It's, yeah. it's truly disgusting. Like, you know, I was engaged, I think it was at the time. Maybe I was just about to get married, but I was also still working in the restaurant. Does it feel like that? I mean, I'm guessing that it just feels like it's something's running away from you. Yeah, you just can't stop it. Yeah. There's, you've just got no control over that facet of your life. And the worst thing is, it's all your family. You know, everybody goes on Facebook. My mum's on Facebook, my dad's on Facebook, my brothers, my cousins, um, my kids will be. And it's always going to be there. And that's, True. That's you know, one terrible. thing I would say is that, and obviously it's so much more personal to, to you, personally from someone not near it at all I don't I literally don't. the only time I've thought about it was once when I think I'd first started and it, it came up in conversation with someone else and someone said oh did you know that this had happened to Chris and I was like oh and I was showing it once and and then before literally before we started here and started chatting about it so I think sometimes as well when it's so big and it's it's hit but you it's, so hard, you, you can't step away from it. No, as maybe, well. maybe you're right. Because I don't think I, that but doesn't define in, you in my eyes in any way, shape, or form. You're not a Liverpool fan, so the last time it cropped up was when Allison decided to not go to Chelsea, and then all of oh, a sudden really? there's memes every single time this happens. Oh, wow. There's memes of why Allison hasn't gone to Chelsea, and you'd be able to throw them in this video. There's also been a, a clear, I think, a clear integrity to what you've tried to create. Redmen in how you and maybe part of that comes from that moment and and how how you learn from that kind of that's such a such a shitty moment but seeing how football fan channels are or some football fan, fan channels are um has that been difficult to see to to stick with the the idea that you you want to always portray Liverpool in the best best light no because <laughs> It's not like a fucking mantra that we always want to portray Liverpool in the best light. It's how we are as fans. You know, if we've got something bad to say, we'll say it. You know, there's ne we're never going to hide away from our feelings. We're always going to be truthful. It's just, and I think it infuriates some Liverpool fans that we don't. But that's not us. We'd just be lying and we'd just When you say fake. us, do you mean you and Paul? Me and Paul, yeah. yeah. We're very, very similar in the way that we look at things. Like, I get wound up about the stupidest little things but when it's football I see the bigger picture I don't know why you know what I mean I get annoyed about like you think it's because you're here now you're stuck you're not going anywhere so you might as well calm down no it's just I think it's I think a lot of the time is like our viewers I'd say a majority are 17 to 25 no disrespect to any of them 
but I'm 35, I've seen a lot of football, and I've seen it when it's been really shit. Yeah. And it's not really shit. You know, we were, we were marching, Redman TV marched against the owners of Liverpool Football Club, uh, Hicks and Gillette. I was in the Dear Mr Hicks video, it was a YouTube video produced uh, specifically as like an open letter to him. It's called Dear Mr Hicks. I'm in that video, Paul's in that video. So it's not that we won't do this. Right. It's just we'll do it and we think it's right and no one can tell us our opinions and we won't lie about them either. Sanchez, there's a bit of a dirty word with them sometimes. People go, oh, it's there's a certain picture of it that it's people screaming and shouting and, and getting angry at each other and calling for the manager and all this stuff. Um, does that frustrate you that there's the, the growth of those channels sometimes can be so electric because of the drama of it? And, and YouTube, we've seen that on a wider level. Listen, drama works on YouTube. Yeah, I think, listen, there's a professional jealousy, of course, there is, because we're not just... We're not ju we want to grow. We want to get bigger and we want to get better at what we do. And, you know, a lot of that comes down to the amount of subscribers that we're able to have and the amount of people watching our videos. We're never going to sell out to do that. And I don't think that... I, listen, cards on the table. I think when people say fan channels are ranting, I think everybody knows that we're talking about Arsenal fan TV. So I think it's best to just be open and up. Yeah, front. sure. I respect Robbie. Yes, I've worked so with I. Robbie for a long time, and Tao, and you know all the people who work behind that. They are fucking hardworking people, and they're not faking it either. That's the other thing. That is true. That is true. They're, they're, I've never the work rate of those two is it's. It's exhausting to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone just... I've got so much respect. And they've helped us out. You know, yeah. we've had conversations and they might have taken ideas from us and we've helped them out. And they've helped us out in, in processes of how to get videos out so fast and stuff mm. like that. Theirs isn't a fake channel. They're not doing it for views. They are doing it for the love of their club as well. It's just that we differ on our opinions. Do you think part of that is is the fortunes of the club as well? Absolutely. I think yeah. it's defined by that. I think, you know, had had Redmen TV, had the subscribers we've got now and been going through the Hicks and Gillette, I'm pretty certain we'd be huge as well. It's just, that's just not the way. You can't, like I, I was frustrated under the six months of Roy Hodgson. Imagine being that frustrated for 20 years or 10, 12 years yeah. of Arsene Wenger and what that would do. You saw how emotional I got after the Chelsea game. That was 90 minutes. You know, imagine seeing the same shit replayed over and over in front of your eyes for 12 years. Yeah. And then think of how those people are and why they are the way that they are. I don't agree with that. I don't think I'd be like that. Mm. But fuck me, they're not faking and that's, that's the that great respect to them for yeah. that. I guess it's easy to throw stones, isn't it? Yeah, that's something else when you're not you're not in it yourself. Exactly. You haven't got those decisions to make. There's a there's there are people that you know, the people that enjoy watching that. And so what do you just go, no, because it's not the opinion that I have? Yeah, I think that I think that's right, isn't it? And let, let's be honest, Robbie was going to the games home and away well before Arsenal fan TV. And I think there's a level of respect there as well that comes with it, you know, isn't he was, he was there supporting the club. DT was there supporting the club. Troops was there supporting the club. I've met them all. They all seem okay. They've all yeah, been yeah, sound yeah. with me. Too. You know what I mean? Robbie and Tower built up a friendship with and consider them friends. Mm. And I know that they're not faking it, but they they maybe do portray Arsenal in a, in a light that's bad, but maybe they don't see it because they truly believe in what they're saying yeah, in the yeah. same way that I believe in what I say and the way that you believe in what you say. And it's that's such a difficult um, decision to make in terms of censoring that. Do you go when and and you don't? That's yeah, the point. Yeah, 
they and they don't, and that's that's to be applauded as well. You know, just because it's not what people want to not. So, it's it's not the good PR spin though, is it? That's that's the thing. But the, the Whereas big, you, I the think there's video. been decisions that you've made where you've gone, this this isn't gonna this isn't gonna feel right, and so you've said absolutely, no. absolutely yeah, and like you know, but that's just we've person by it. person thing. Right? Yeah, that's it. And listen, just just to keep it on the Arsenal fan TV stuff a, a little bit longer. Everybody knows about the ramp videos. But their channel isn't just ramp videos. No. If you look at Arsenal Fan TV on a day-by-day -day basis, there's fucking 700 <laughs> news videos, there's podcasts, there's yeah, preview games, daily, yeah. trans uh, there's all kinds of stuff, and there's loads of positive stuff. Mm. You know, Ty's been on that channel for years, singing Wenger's praises. It's an unpopular opinion, and it doesn't gain the views that the rants do, but it's there. All they're doing is pointing a camera at fans and fans are talking. Mm. That's all there is to it. And we've done exactly the same. Now, we've actually moved away from fan cams. We haven't done fan cams all last season. Mm. We did this. We changed it to a free-for-all because we felt that eventually, even though it was good times last season, something might change within the football club. And we didn't want... We didn't want to be known for fan cams. We wanted to be known for the work that we put in to build an all-round channel. So we now do one video with all the fans where they talk, and we don't break it down because we're we're not hunting views in the same way. You know, we don't want to put out eleven videos. We'll put one video out with everybody's views in, and no one can accuse us of chasing views because I think that's another thing that you get to when you get to our stage is that people think we're trying to make money out of them and we're trying to make money of course we're trying to make yeah, money yeah. we're trying to make money so that we can feed our families and put food on the table and live comfortably and all that type of stuff but we're not just gonna sell our souls and i'm not accusing arsenal fan tv yeah. of selling our souls or any fan channel of selling their soul i'm saying red men tv aren't selling their souls yeah yeah okay uh last question uh actually last two questions but there's one i want to ask everyone what keeps you up at night oh all kinds of shit mate um, probably that's a fucking hard question more than anything uh, it's probably like how I'm perceived more than anything because and it probably comes back to this rent boys stuff is that people think that they know what type of a person I am because they've seen me have a rant on a, a camera and I think if you asked anybody this, they'd probably say the same question. I'm afraid of being pigeonholed into a certain thing. And I think you you kind of mentioned it earlier on during the chat about this complexity that everybody has. Now, you know, people see me ranting on that video and think he's just a fucking tit who swears his head off. But I think if you were to watch some of our other content, you'd realise there's a bit more of this tit than meets the eye. I said, I'm still a tit. This tit. <laughs> yeah, there's loads of this tit. This one's slightly smaller. But there's, I think, you know, and I don't like, I don't particularly like any types of social media apart from Instagram. I think Instagram's the thing that nobody posts bad shit. Nobody posts pictures of horrible shit. So I like Instagram. I hate the, fa the fact that people talk about you on Twitter. I hate the fact that people talk about you on Facebook. I hate the fact that people call you a prick in the comments sections. And it's them that, probably keep me awake more than anything is because really i find that interesting it's... i would have thought so i remember um when i first started um presenting 
and doing stuff. And this was well before YouTube. And I was kind of just having a like weird time in my head. And I went and I spoke to this. Um, my mum said, go talk to this woman. So I went and spoke to this woman. And she was talking about different things. And she's saying, oh, I worry about this. And I worry about what people think about this and that. And then she's got a bit of paper and she drew a circle. And then she drew another circle. She said, that is your inner circle. Who's in it? And I was like, uh, who's in it? I, mean, I don't know, my dad, my mum, uh, my girlfriend, sisters. Okay, anyone else? Oh, I don't know, my best mate. And then, okay, so that's your inner circle. Everyone else, to a point, is absolutely irrelevant. If you can see it that way. And, and at the time, I was working, I was working doing a load of red carpets and I was really struggling with the idea of being a part of this machine of, celebrity where you're on a red carpet and you want Tom Cruise to come to you so you can ask him two questions but then TOWIE people walk along and the PR people go do you want to talk to the TOWIE like, absolutely not and I hated that whole like so this person's valued but this person isn't valued but then these TOWIE people you could see that their whole value of themselves was based on their on the outer circle based on what people were saying on Twitter, on how many followers they had and all those things, and not that safe cir inner circle that they had. So that was, a, I remember thinking that was, a, from then on, I've always, been, I've always been okay with it. And I would have thought, it was such a strong family, such a strong best mate in Paul, such a great fa family life that you've got as well. I'm surprised that you, you have those thoughts. Yeah, because I think it comes down, maybe it comes down to the family and stuff, but... Our lives are being portrayed on the internet now and it's never going to go away. And is my, are my family, my daughters, going to be proud of me when they see some of the shit that I do? You know, I think I'd be fine. Mate. But maybe they would be. But I don't know, maybe, it, I don't know what it is, mate. Maybe it just comes down to, I like, I want everybody to like me. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> Maybe that it's as just well. as simple as that, you know. Yeah. And sometimes, a lot of the time, you can be misconstrued on points and, you know, you end up, fucking commenting back at people and it's like, what am I gaining out of this? But I can't put it down. Yeah, yeah. It's always been the negative stuff that drives me. It's always, and you know, whenever I've failed at anything, that's what I've used to fuel the next bit. And, and maybe it comes down to that. Maybe that's how I fuel myself through life is, you know, I could read 200 comments that are really good about me. Couldn't tell you one of them. Yeah, but yeah. I can tell you that fucking bad one that thinks yeah. you're on neck. It's like, life's okay, life. life's okay, life's okay. What, why, why would you say that? I, I need to do better. And, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's just the driving factor for me. So, uh, final thing, this whole journey for you, and also the journey before that, because you've had, like, you had a life before all of this as well. What are the, what are the biggest principles in your life that, that you, you live by? Back yourself, no one else is going in. That's the first and foremost. And I think that's what we took into Red Men TV. You know, I say, you know, we took a, we took a loan out, we backed ourselves. I think... We're talking on the eve of Geraint Thomas winning the Tour de France, and he said exactly the same thing. You know, always just work hard, do your best that you can do, and, and see where see it takes happens, you. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of it. You know, obviously, I want to be a good father, I want to be a good husband, and I want to have a successful business. And I think to achieve all of that, you do have to work hard at everything, and you have to cut off areas of your life from different things. And I, I learned a long time ago that, you know, posting my kids' pictures on Facebook is not something that I want to do um, because I've got people who I'm friends with on Facebook that I don't know and I can't trust. Um, so I, I've got that in a circle. 
um, of people that I do trust and they like me, hopefully. <laughs> um, that's it, really. Just work hard, man. Trust yeah. yourself. That's a decent principle to, to end on. Thanks for chatting to me, mate. Um, no problem. Thank look, you. if by any way that you, you're on this channel and you don't know what the Rebel TV is, then uh, head over there. It's a great channel, it really is. And uh, Chris Paul works so hard, and I'm happy to call them friends. Very, very happy to call them friends. So go over and check them out. Um, let me know who else you want me to, to chat to uh, in the process of this new series. Um, check out the Smith interview that I've done uh, as well. Subscribe to the channel. Let me know your thoughts, and I'll see you soon. At the start, I was like, oh, I hope none of my mates see me doing this. Capture the footage, get it. it was, at the start, it was very raw. Oh, there's always been pressure for me to change the Palmer's format, and it probably will be changing soon. It's nothing to do with money. It's nothing to do with trying to get more views. In fact, it's probably going to get less views because I'm going to be producing less. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.